Uh, welcome to this Law & Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the founder and CEO of Law & Sport. I'm joined today by Marcus Scott, who's a staff counsel at the Arizona Diamondbacks, a major league baseball team. Recently, I had the privilege of uh, listening to Marka talk on a panel uh, about career development in sports law and share her personal journey, which is something that I hope we can touch on during the podcast. Marka, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. Before we get going into your, your journey into becoming a sports lawyer, I wondered if you could explain what your role is at the Arizona Diamondbacks and uh, you know what a typical sort of day-to-day sort of activities would be. Absolutely. So um, the day-to-day kind of varies, but there are some, some commonalities. So, so Major League Baseball has 30 teams and they all have in-house attorneys. Well, most of them have in-house attorneys. And what that is is an attorney that is doing the day-to-day, and then we still have attorneys that are going to court, doing litigation, doing trial work, and we call those our outside counsels. So what I focus on and um, roles that I, these areas I really enjoy are intellectual property, international relations. And within intellectual property, I'm doing a lot of trademark searches and clearances. Um, international relations, or when I'm talking international, I'm really focused on Latin countries. We have a, a baseball academy in Dominican Republic. Uh, we just formed an entity in Venezuela. So there's a lot of issues related to, to Latin countries. We have a, a lot of players that come, you know, come out of Latin countries. Day-to-day, I may be doing advertising promotion agreements, um, which is, you know, everything related to the ballpark. I may be doing marketing agreements. Uh, I will also handle insurance requirements, making sure that people that are coming on site have the correct insurance. I will uh, also handle performance agreements, band agreements, things related to the facilities. I'll do employment agreements. I'll do independent contractor agreements. Um, So a wide wide range of areas that I get to deal with and focus on. Sports law is kind of this umbrella term for all different areas of law just within the field of sports. So I really get to, to dibble and dabble in a lot of areas of law, which is something I really enjoy. Yeah, that's, that's quite a lot of variety. And for those that, that aren't familiar with uh, baseball, um, you have a ridiculous number of games per season. Um, yeah, how many do you host over the course of a season? 162 games plus if you make it to the postseason. Do you have, I take it then, is the stadium used for other events as well? Yes, the stadium is used for other events, and but... You know, we would host perhaps 50% of those at our ballpark and the other, you know, our away games. Um, but, yes, there are tons of other events held at the ballpark. There are concerts put on. There is uh, monsters trucks. There is all types of different things. Um, with our ballpark, different teams have different relationships with, with how they handle non-baseball events. So for us, we have a third party that handles those. We have a booking agent that controls those. We don't own our facility. It's leased pursuant to various lease agreements, and it's actually the county, the Maricopa County Stadium District, which owns our facility. But we have exclusive access to different areas. We have exclusive access to our office area and exclusive access to our clubhouse. Um, So for non-baseball events, that is our booking manager who is booking those, and uh, we we do have a revenue share in some circles. Well, wow, that's really interesting, um, and it sounds like yeah, as you said, it's a quite a, a varied role. Um, 
Was that something that attracted you when you, um, you know, got the job there? Oh, absolutely. Um, what I, and again, what I really enjoy is that I get to deal with a lot of different areas of law. And that's something, you know, keeps me on my toes to make sure that I'm, I'm keeping abreast of different laws. And I find it very intriguing and I'm continually engaged because I'm not doing the same thing continually. And so when you um, started out, and I always like to find out what, why people were motivated to do certain things. And I think in particular, you know, with sports lawyers, I always like to find out what their journey was and, and why they chose to do that journey. When you um, were at law school, was it always your objective to work for a sports organization? That was my objective. It was an undergrad right before law school where I realized that I could kind of meld my passions together. I've always been interested in law and always wanted to be an attorney and I've always loved sports. So it was an undergrad when I realized, oh, I can put these two together and, and still kind of work in both fields, which I enjoy. So in law school, you don't have a particular area that you would major in. But um, when you, if you know the area you want to work in, there's a lot of ways in which you can focus on that area and take in specific classes that's related to that area of law. How different do you think the reality of working in a sports organization is compared to what you, you know, you're at the outset when you thought, well, actually, I want to combine my interest in sport and my interest in law and work together. Do you think you had a, a realistic grasp of what was either expected or what, or, or what it would be like in, in reality? You know, I kept the way I was thinking about it very open. You know, I, I knew that it was going to be work and not just, you know, all fun inside of sport. And, you know, I knew it was going to be heavily law focused and just in a certain industry. But, uh, you know, I didn't know until I got into the industry exactly what that entailed. So so uh, can you tell me what, sort of what, what action did you take then? Because you've started law school and you're thinking, right, OK, I want to I've now identified this as an area I want to go into. How did you go about uh, one gaining experience um, and then finding your way? Because um, I think the American model is slightly different, particularly with, you know, you do these sort of legal internships, which in the UK we don't really do for, for sort of in-house positions. Okay. So so it's three years of law school, and your first year of law school, the classes are already chosen for you. So you take every area of law or primary areas of law. So you take, you're taking contracts and constitutional law and property and trust in the states, and you're taking all of those areas of law that kind of – you know, they're kind of under these branches of law, under, you know, sports law, for instance. So you're taking all of those initially, and then when you get into your second and third year, you're allowed to choose courses. So for me, I'm choosing intellectual property, I'm choosing trademark. Even though sports law can really be a vast area, different areas of law, I'm choosing what I think I would want to focus on in that industry. Absolutely, yeah. And then we, we also have a sports law course. And the sports law course is going to touch on intellectual property issues as well, but it's going to talk, touch on antitrust issues. It's going to touch on international issues. It's going to touch on employment issues. It's going to touch on governance issues, whether it's with um, the major leagues or with the NCAA, which is the collegiate regulatory body. Um, so you have that as well. So that, so that gives you like a good overview of the sort of the both the legal frameworks and the the sports governance frameworks and regulatory frameworks, and then. What do you do in terms of at what point do you have to start essentially hustling to try and, uh, you know, because it's a very competitive market, isn't it? You know, the Sports Law Association, what, have, what, 815, is it 815 people, I think, or maybe more than that, that attended, maybe 835 people attended 
the annual conference this year out of which you know there was a vast number of students but there's only a limited number of places so how did you go about you know making sure that you were one of the people who who were able to get those opportunities to to either gain experience at a sports organization and eventually you know secure a, a job at the Diamondbacks first you start research you have to do your research you have to figure out you know what are the positions out there that are available what type of duties are related to those positions who are the people currently in those roles? What were their journeys? So you can understand what your options may be. And also it, it lets you, it, it makes you realize that there isn't one path to these positions, um, but but you want to get in the room with the right people. Again, the Sports Lawyers Association Conference is a great opportunity to get in the room with everyone. And I know you, you, know you talked about you guys don't have the same internship structure there, but some of the U.S. leagues and teams actually do have international internships. So doing your research to know, okay, what leagues may offer internships in London. So those opportunities are available, but you have to research it to know that those are available. And it's, it's simply applying and putting yourself out there. Now, of course, you know the number of people that are applying to this position is a big number of people. So you want to actually get in front of people and, and speak to them first, you know, that may be the hiring manager, um, whether that's a phone call. Most people are very open to a phone call, email, those types of things. And if that's not the case, you still need to put yourself out there. You need to make sure that your resume, your cover letter is specifically focused. Don't send one out to every team that you apply for. Make sure that you can add a personal touch to each each time that you're applying for a different job. Yeah, I always say to people, I think that's great advice, I always say to people, you know, put yourself in, in their position and, and think where, how you're adding value to their organisation. Because I see this a lot, um, you know, we do, I do with like hundreds of thousands of people who, who are trying to break into sports law. And um, and it's not only just in sports law, I think it's in the legal profession as a whole, uh, but people will apply for a position and just go, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. And you think, well, that's great, but what are you exactly you bringing to the table? So I think you're... Um, suggestion of you know personalizing it and making it relevant is is, is a really good one. Um, from you know from your can you just share your personal journey into you know I think you initially uh, applied for an internship is that right at the at the Diamondbacks? So I, I did I, I, while in law school I applied for an internship with the Diamondbacks and I got an interview and I completely bombed the interview <laughs> so I didn't get the job. But I was persistent, and when the opportunity was available again, it was nearly a full year later. I had to, uh, you know, wait for the opportunity to open up, and then I applied again. So, what? What? Two things. What? Why did you? Why did you not do so well in the interview? Uh, oh, I was I was completely nervous. You know, I, it was an opportunity I really wanted. I mean, it was a highly coveted position. It. Everyone spoke so highly of it. I knew that I was going to get a lot of you know, legal experience in the sports industry. I knew that the people I was going to be working under have a great reputation, you know, both in Arizona and nationally. So these, this is where I wanted to be. I, I really over, you know, I, I think I thought about it too much where I was reading too many articles and um, I just didn't relax and I wasn't myself. So it, it, it came across that way. So, um, so this next time when I did get the opportunity to interview again, I took a different approach. So at this time, when I go in, I'm going to just be myself. I'm going to relax. It's going to be more like a conversation instead of question, answer, question, answer. And this time, it was a different turnout. So the internship was for three months, which is about a semester here. And 
it, there's no guarantee of a position afterwards. They continually tell you that. And my focus wasn't on getting a permanent position afterwards, but it was more so about gaining everything I could from this opportunity. And that's, you know, learning learning as much as I can and the overall structure of how this industry works, and then also building up a relationship with those that I'm working with and those that I get to network with by just being inside of the, you know, the club council circle now. So that was my focus. And so what did you... What? How did you stay focused, or was it the case that over the course of that year, did you you self reflect and think to yourself, you know, how can I improve? How can I say? And you know, did you? How did you? How did you stay motivated? So, well, one, I love this industry. I love this field, and I love that I get to touch on different uh, areas of law. So it, it's easy to stay motivated because I, I thought the opportunity to grow was here. For instance, if there was another area of law or another type of contract that I wanted to draft, it was a very open environment where I could say, hey, you know, I want to give that a try. And, you know, um, and they would say, okay, fine, and come to us if you have questions. So I really liked that. I really liked the, the opportunity to expand my knowledge and that they didn't limit me to what they thought that I was capable of. And they gave me the opportunity to really grow. So the so the more, um, you know, the more I did that, the more I wanted to stay here, the more that I saw the, you know, the way that they were willing to, to, um, to help in my professional development. That's awesome. And the, so the advice you give then would be that if you are going to take one of these legal internships, and I guess the same here, if you are going to get work experience or something, that you should go in there with the view that obviously in the back of your mind, knowing that you, you really, you know, assuming you like the organization and want to stay on there, but really just give it your all and try to make the most out of that experience rather than have an expectation that you're it's going to convert into a, a, a job offering. Absolutely. Yeah, and don't go in with the expectation that this could be the job, but go in with the, the mindset of what can I do to make the people that I'm working with make their workload a little easier, you know, especially if you're dealing, if you're talking about sports law, we touch on all these different areas of law. Everyone doesn't like all these different areas of law that we touch on. So perhaps you can take assignments from them that they're not as interested in. And that can be quite right. a tricky thing to do, can't it? Because, you know, you, it's a difficult balance to strike between um, being helpful and being over-enthusiastic um, and being irritating. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you, you know, it's like when you're really busy. That's yeah, you, going. Give, it some time. you yeah. give it some time. You know, you give it some time. You, you kind of pay attention to what they're more excited about when they, you know, when they talk about different areas or different issues. And then the thing that seems more burdensome to them, that's when you say, hey, you know, maybe I can take that off that your plate. For me, uh, it was something, you know, it's, it's a requirement by a major league for us to have a business crisis and continuity plan. And it was kind of a deep project because we have so much other, you know, so many other things going on day to day. So I'm thinking, okay, this is a responsibility that I can take off of their plates. This is something that I can handle, you know, updating this and, you know, reaching out to the various departments and all that, you know, and what that's going to do is expand my knowledge on how different departments function. And it was an opportunity to grow and, again, take something off their plates. So, you know, they're a way to be very helpful. And, um, you know, one of the other attorneys that I worked with, it was taking a lot of time handling insurance issues. So, First, he, you know, started letting me handle a few of them, and then eventually, like, okay, well, you know, feel free to hand those off to me. So, again, taking things away from them so they can focus on their A and B projects, taking those D projects away, or or at least, you know, lending a hand saying, hey, I can help out with those, is a great a great way to be appreciated, a great way to be, um, you know, 
thought about, considered when you're not there. Thinking, oh man, you know, Maka used to handle those projects. Now <laughs> I, have to, I have to do those again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also, yeah, and it's a great. I think it's a great way to phrase it because I think it gives you an, a, an, a great approach because it not only um, allows you to gain the experience, but it also allows you to show where you. Uh, could be a valuable member of the team and show you know presuming you do a good job to show that you can take responsibility and you can self-manage and I think that's a skill set that anyone running a business um, or anyone running a team greatly appreciates that they can have someone there they go right I I can understand that this person understands the context that they're working within but also they can realize what's important and help us achieve our you know overall goal I think that's um you know some really uh really um uh, solid advice well thank you for that because i think yeah as i said i speak to a lot of people give a lot of, a, a lot of advice to, to people all different levels and i just remember sitting sitting there listening to you talk to i think it was it's buffy isn't it buffy from uh teamwork who's mm-hmm. who's the founder of teamwork and she was saying you've got a, you know you've got a great story and i thought oh, okay this is a build-up <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, actually, no, it's a really good, it was a really good, uh, yeah, a really good story. Um, yeah, what Buffy the- really, what really, what she really enjoys about my story is that. Um, so I used to be a professional cheerleader for the Chicago Bulls NBA team here, and you perform in front of twenty five thousand people at any given time, and she finds it very, you know, very comical that. I was nervous in front of two people in an interview, but I dance in front of 25,000 people and I'm interviewing on TV and radio, but I was nervous in front of two people for my internship interview. <laughs> but I mean, it's an amazing opportunity that I, I wanted and I, I was nervous. <laughs> so if you were going to look back over your career and give some advice to your former self, what would, what would that advice be? Reach out to people sooner. Reach out to people sooner. Um, whether that's so in undergrad, I had some internships, but they were you know specifically legal internships that weren't inside of the sports industry. But a lot of undergrad students reach out to me now, and I think that's an an awesome thing for them to be doing at at this stage in their life because they're really building up their network very young. So reach out to people sooner, you know, try to get as much information as I can, just kind of do the informational type of interviews. Everyone is pretty open to doing those. And again, do research, do your research, figure out where you want to be and how to get there sooner. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. Um, I look forward to seeing what you're going to go on to next.